Hello and welcome back to the daily study of the Way of Mastery. I'm Jason Amoroso, your guide and friend, and today we continue with Lesson 7, Birthing the Mind of Christ, Section 2, The Shadow of Fear. And as kind of a recap on our previous episode uh, where we started The Shadow of Fear, and I encourage you to check it out, Jeshua is telling us the story of this tiny little blade of grass up in the rugged mountain valley of this part of the planet Earth that no human has ever been to, ever seen, ever touched. And this tiny, this beautiful sun rays cast on the little blade of grass created this tiny shadow on a stone nearby that was no one noticed, that was for a fragment of a moment And the analogy is that is that shadow that was barely existed is what we give all of our power away to, that we've made the shadow all powerful and that it's fear. That's what Jeshua has been telling us. So we're going to look more at the shadow of fear today. We're going to continue with actually I'll read uh, paragraph six, which we ended with last episode, and then we'll move on from there. And Jeshua, after telling us the story, says If you can truly take this story into your being and recognize the utter laughability of such a belief, you will never again fear fear. You will never again allow fear to master you and direct the course of your life. And just look at all of the obvious ways that you are, you, no one else, are allowing fear to control and direct the course of your life. Maybe it's fear of the economy, fear of money, fear of what your parents will say or think if you follow your dreams and not the traditional way and path that they think is best for you. Uh, Fear of what uh, other people will think if you make certain choices that you feel are best for you and your family. Uh, Those are some big obvious fears. And then there's more subtle fears. What are the little subtle fears that maybe it's just the fear that you believe you're not good enough, that you're unworthy. Whatever it is, you have to look inside and see. And how do you know where you're afraid? There's resistance. There's contraction of your heart. You don't feel alive. You don't feel soft and open or energized. Maybe there's depression, anxiety, worry. Worry is another word for fear. So just look at all the different ways that you allow. Maybe it's fear of just like, speaking up. Maybe it's fear of being seen by other people in a very basic way. So look at your own, your areas of your life where you're afraid, just to see how, how subtle or obvious, how pervasive it is and how it's all an illusion. It's a momentary fragment shadow that has no power over you that you've given all the power to. I mean, look at how much fear was present during COVID. And again, lots of different fears, fear of death, fear of the body, fear of uh, some unseen thing out there, the, the unseen boogeyman that's out to get you like a, you know, a virus. It's very real and I, we don't know where it is and it's very dangerous. So there's a lot of fear, the unknown, 
fear of other people, fear of people with masks on, without masks on, fear of who's, you know, the government, fear of trying to control the people and telling them what to do and all these different rules, fear of vax or unvax, just so much fear, fear of the economy, of money, of jobs, all of it. Just notice it. Turn on the news and you'll get your dose of fear. And we begin, (laughs) it's a nice little four minute intro. We begin with paragraph seven where Jeshua says, you will learn what it means to trust what is birthed in the heart and you will arise and you will go forth without fear, with no story at all. You will learn what it means to trust what is birthed in the heart. How do you learn anything? You might get theory. Somebody might tell you something. You might watch a video on YouTube on how to cook a certain dish or how to ride a bike or how to – I learned how to fix my washing machine on YouTube. That's how you learn. But then you got to do. You got to try. You got to make mistakes. You got to fail. And then you learn. We learn through, quote, unquote, failures from things that don't go right. We don't learn too much from our successes. So Jeshua says you will, and in time, in truth, it's all perfect. But in time, in this seemingly separate human experience, where the tiny mad idea of separation, and it seems like we're here, where it seems like we're in survival mode to keep the body alive, you will learn what it means to trust what is birthed in the heart. So you will learn trust. How do you learn trust? By not trusting and seeing how you suffer when you don't trust. That's how you learn where and then you and then you trust again and then you open again and then you you allow God again. You receive love again. And that is how you learned to trust. Trust yourself. The capital S self, which is God expressed. Life is not some force working against you or some a force that does itself and then you have to adapt to life or you have to make the best of life. Life is coming from you. Are you willing to allow it and go with the flow of the life that is wanting to be lived through you? Can you trust that? Can you trust that if you have an intuition or you hear a message in a in a meditation that says, hey, go swing by your friend's house who you haven't seen in a month and just go say hi. Are you willing to trust that and then do it? Or, hey, go buy this homeless person over here a sandwich. It's just like an intuitive hit. And a party might feel weird doing that or if somebody else you know, sees you doing something. It's just like, are you willing to trust what is birthed in the heart? That is of God. That is the divine. What's in your heart, not in your head, not what you're trying to look good or do good so others will notice or try and, you know, create something or achieve something so that you feel valid or worthy, that you that other people are going to like you posting things on social media that that are acceptable, but really aren't how you feel because you're too afraid if you post or you say or you write or you communicate how you truly feel, you might get canceled or people won't like you or whatever it is. If it's in your heart, we are learning how to trust this. This was the whole section on desire, allowing desire. Just because that is the impulse of creation. 
And remember, Jeshua didn't say anything about doing and acting on your desire, but allowing it and feeling it. And then that is mastery. And then you choose what you will bring from that desire into creation. Look at where you haven't trusted what's been birthed in your heart throughout your life. Look in the past and what kind of the fruits of that. What happened when you didn't trust what was birthed in your heart, when you didn't follow your heart? Do you have regrets? Did things not work out the way that you thought they would? Were you trying to take the safe path versus the path that your heart was yearning for? Maybe you're still maybe you still did that. Maybe you chose a career because everybody said you got to get a safe job with secure and make money and then you got to get the house and have the retirement account and save for college. You got to do all those things. That's the smart move, but your heart wanted to be a poet. Your heart wanted to be a musician. Your heart wanted to travel the world first before you settle down in a corporate nine to five job. And you didn't listen to yourself. Maybe you're still suffering from that choice to not trust what is birthed in your heart. And that's okay. The good news is you can always choose again and you can always choose again right now. And Jeshua says you will arise and you will go forth without fear with no story at all. Does that mean that if we have a story, then we have fear? A story is some narrative that we're holding. A story is the past, isn't it? So if we're keeping the past with us, maybe part of that is fearful, whether it's nostalgia. Oh, look at the good old days. Those were better than these days. Maybe there's some element of fear in that for you, fear of moving on, fear of being present. Oh, well, if I let go of all of this pain from my brother's death, that means I won't be honoring his memory. And then I'm going to feel guilty. Somehow I'm dishonoring him. You know, that's not me, but I would imagine that some people are like that. They're trying to hang on even to the guilt or even to the things that they know are holding them back from the past because of whatever reason. When you carry a story around with you, a lot of people are really connected and invested in the stories of their past and their ancestors, not in a healthy way, but in like an attached way. And there's fear there. Fear if I live my own life. Fear if I let go of the story. Who am I? Some people are really attached to their trauma. They identify and over-identify with their trauma. Well, my father was an alcoholic, so I'm a survivor of an alcoholic. And like that's so much a part of their identity. And maybe at some point they needed that. Like there's no judgment here. At some point, maybe they needed that to like build trust with themselves, to find something to be connected with. But at some point, all of the identities All of the stories are limiting. At some point, we are being invited to release them and let go of them in love for ourselves, for the past, so that we're free of the story. We're free of the fear. Maybe the fear is, well, if I let that go, it could happen to me. Are you willing to trust what is birthed in the heart? Again, there's no there's no judgment of right and wrong in any of this. Jeshua is just always showing us cause and effect. If you're holding on to the past and stories, according to, let's say, this, maybe there's some part of you that's afraid of letting go and being truly present. Only you know where your heart is contracted and constricted. Only you know where you're not trusting life, really, yourself. 
and your heart's desires and what is birthed in your heart. Only you know that. So journal on this. Ask yourself that question. Otherwise, this is just more information. Jeshua says you will accomplish whatever creativity wishes to express through you. Not you might, you will. When you are in the place of love, knowing who you are, without fear, in full faith, you will accomplish whatever creativity wishes to express through you because there's no resistance. And whatever creativity wishes to express, when there's no resistance, it's done. It become, It's expressed. Not to what your brain thinks it should look like, to what creativity, what the divine, what love, what the soul self wishes to express through you. Through you, it says. It comes through you. God, through you. Love, through you. Generosity, through you. Kindness, through you. You are the vehicle. You are the instrument to play the song of the divine. And you are perfect. And whatever part and chapter in your life you're in, if it doesn't seem perfect, it's only because of the way that you're looking at it. It is perfect. And maybe it's perfect in its imperfection and its messiness for what you need. The messiness is always perfect for what we need to move through to see and love ourselves, to see that we are love, that we are okay, that we are safe, that we are divine. We are that we are not here to please other people, to make others happy. We are here to be the full expression of the love and the light and the joy and the generosity and the creativity and the empowerment and the abundance and the prosperity and the service that we are. The playfulness. Not for any other reason than it wants to be expressed. And the whole while, Jeshua says, you'll know that of yourself you'll do nothing. Imagine that. That is true humility. But the Father through you can do anything. Because in the quantum field of infinite possibility on the blank canvas, anything is possible. There's nothing that's impossible. Even the word impossible is I am possible. It's only our beliefs that make things limited. Look at all of the things that have been created in this experience of the world that people thought were impossible. Roger Bannister running the sub four minute mile is one. Humans thought that that was physiologically impossible. The body was incapable of doing a sub four minute mile. But thought, inspiration, conviction, he did it. Right? The bot, we live in this world where we think the body is its own thing in a way, but we don't really, but, but now we're coming more and more that the body and the mind are connected and the mind and thought is really the creative force behind anything. So as you are creating, whatever creativity w- wishes to express through you, if you're willing to trust and allow and follow that, you will know that you're not doing it. Everything truly good that's come in my life has come not of my own ideas and efforts. It's like come through me, at least for me. I don't know about you. So why put a limit on what God and what the father, the mother, whatever word you want, the, the source, the creative power of the universe that creates solar systems and worlds. There's no limit to what can be created, can create through you. 
And Jeshua then, in paragraph eight, asks us, therefore, what forms of the shadow of that blade of grass are you allowing to run and own and possess your soul? We've talked about this. What forms of fear that are so laughably an illusion, they're not not even noticeable by the whole world, this blip of a shadow that was cast from this blade of grass on the stone, the stone didn't even notice it, that we've given this shadow all of our power. Where have you done this? Where are you allowing it? No one else is doing it. You are allowing it. And that's the good news. Because you can make a different choice. That's the whole point of this. Jeshua is not here to save you. He can't do it for you. He doesn't want to do it for you. Because that would be disempowering you. This is all about you making a new choice. You can do it. So what are you allowing to run and possess and own your soul? What part of fear? And then he gives us examples in paragraph nine to look at. And I encourage you when I read this, pause the audio at the end and look at it. Write it down. Here they are. There are many forms of the shadow, are there not? There are peers and parents and siblings to please. There are governments to bow down before. There are mates and children that must come first. There are bills to pay. There are desires to check and keep in order. There are activities and statements and behaviors done by others that require at least seven or eight hours a day for you to analyze and judge them to death. And you think, my, this world is exhausting. But somebody has to do it. So what are the forms of fear that you are allowing to own your own your soul is a strong word, but that's what it is to impact your life, to run your life, to run your soul. Peers, parents and siblings to please. Where are you trying to please others out of fear? Maybe it's like, well, I, I, I have to go to church on Christmas Eve because that's what my parents want. I did that for 42 years of my life, even when I didn't really want to go to church. And you guys know how much I love God and I love Jeshua and I love the teachings and I love all that stuff. But some of the church stuff I just didn't want to go to. It just didn't resonate and connect at certain times. Now now I could go and find my own connection with God in in church experience and kind of weed through all the lies and the BS and the misunderstandings that they're teaching in a lot of churches. But this Christmas Eve, I just did not feel, I did not want to be obligated to do something that didn't resonate for me. On Christmas Eve, which is like, that that's the, the one day, if you're like a Catholic or a Christian, that's like the one day you, if you go to church at all, that's the one day you got to go. It's Christmas Eve or Easter, but probably mostly Christmas Eve. And I was just so I, – I was complaining about it for a while. Oh, we're going to go to Christmas Eve mass. I don't really want to go. Why are we going? We never go to church anyway, and all of a sudden on Christmas Eve we're going to go. It's like so fake. Like what's the point? You know, I get it, but we're just doing it for the, you know, for the grandparents because they want us to go. And, and, and it was just where I was at. And then finally it was like very clear inside of myself. I was like I, I don't want to go. I'm not going to go. And a part of me is like, am I allowed to not do that? I'm a 43-year-old man with my own family. Am I allowed to not go? And I'm anticipating what the, the grandparents are going to say. Oh, what are you teaching your kids? I'm like, we never go. To, I'm thinking to myself, we never go to church anyway. What are we teaching our kids? Be true to yourself. 
and not do something out of guilt or obligation. That's what I'm trying to teach my kids because that's what I'm learning for me. And you know what? My brother, God bless his soul, must have definitely uh, stepped in or, or showed me his love because my mom, who I love so much, called me and was like, hey, you don't have to go to church if you don't feel like it. And I wasn't complaining about this to anybody else except for my wife. <laughs> and my mom called me. and was like, hey, if it's too much for you, you know, you know, don't feel like you need to go to church for us. And I didn't say anything to her. So that to me was like my brother was like, that was his little, that was his Christmas present to me. And it kind of, it was that thing that then I kind of gave myself permission to be like, okay, I'm not going. And it was a cool kind of prayer answered in a really synchronistic way. So anyways, where are there other people you feel like you need to please? And if you don't, either you're a bad person or they're going to judge you or it's going to mean something about you. But in your heart, it's just not true for you. And that can be so hard. We all we all can relate to that. Where is this happening inside of you? Jester says there's governments to bow down before. Where are you afraid of the government? Where have we given our power as a collective away to the government? Please, big brother, tell me what's safe for me. Tell me how I need to live. If you believe, and again, like it's if you believe that a, a law is not just or not right for you, do you abide by the law just because it's the law? Do you live by what is true for you? And if you live by what is true for you, then are you prepared for any consequence that might be a part of not abiding by the law? That's the other thing. Don't be a victim to it. But where have we given our power away to governments? To other people that somehow have power over us. It's just like to me, and I know everyone has their own opinion, and and part of this is just me sharing my 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 perspectives and my feelings and opinions. These are not right by any means. I'm just sharing where I'm at, and you take it for what it's worth, and I've shared this on other podcasts. Like, I'm not a big fan of the royalty, and my wife likes the idea of the royalty. My mom loves the idea of the royalty. I'm not a big fan. I just doesn't doesn't make any sense to me that who decided that these people were ordained by God and then they had all this power like who made that up and then why and then and then people just go along with that it just doesn't i mean maybe it's the part of us that wants you know it could be the part of us that wants someone else to make decisions for us because we're afraid of taking responsibility for our own life now that makes sense but i'm still not going to give my power like just another human being is all like has all the power and can make all the rules. That makes no sense to me, to you. You might really love this idea of kings and queens ruling over the people. So, but it is this part of us that that wants to be the victim, that feels powerless. So we give our power away to other special people who are somehow better or more equipped or more attuned to what's right than our own intuition, than our own needs. Again, just my opinions and feelings, they are not right. I'm another human being just like you. So if you get triggered, good. If, if I'm triggering you, what I'm saying, and you're like, oh, I thought Jason was more spiritual than this opinion that I disagree with, that's good. Because when you get triggered, it's not about me at all, even though you 
you know, a part of us is so convinced that when someone triggers, it's them. They're why I'm getting upset. Look what Jason, Jason believes that. Like if I was like, I love Donald Trump. And you're like, oh my God, I thought Jason was spiritual. He loves Donald Trump. Uh, and you get triggered. And I'm just using this as an example, by the way, because I use different examples on purpose to reveal when we get triggered, it reveals to us our own judgments, our own insecurities, our own fears. So, and this is part of, honestly, I feel like this is part of my mission or human design or Scorpio or whatever. Like part of me provokes on purpose. I'm a provoker. Sometimes it backfires against me, <laughs> especially with my wife. <laughs> She's not like being provoked. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And when I provoke, it's intentional to reveal where we get offended because where we get offended, where we get triggered is really for us to see. If you're getting triggered or you feel offended, and we live in this victim culture where it's like, oh, I'm offended. So that person must change. They must not say what they're saying. They must not do what they're doing because I'm offended. There's no responsibility there. When we feel offended, look inside. When you're triggered at somebody else and, and you're so certain that they're wrong and you're right and your peace is upset, that is a revelation to you that something inside of you, it's projection. Look at forgiveness. All forgiveness is self-forgiveness. You're not forgiving them for what they did a bad thing, but you're letting them off the hook because you're more spiritual and loving and you want to be in God. No, the forgiveness is, oh, I was seeing wrongly. I was seeing something, quote unquote, bad happening. I was interpreting it as as bad. That's the forgiveness. It's all God. There is only one. The human brain, the separate thinking self does not like any of this, by the way. So bringing it back to fear, because that's where this is all about. There are mates and children that must come first. How many, and for the most part, this is a generality. Again, if you get triggered, this is good for you. Uh, where a lot of women and moms think that everyone must come first. Oh, my kids have to come first before me. Everyone must come first. Self-sacrifice, put your needs last and take care of others first. And that's a great recipe for resentment when you're not connected to yourself and you're always giving, giving, giving. And some men can fall into this trap too. They're always providing. They're doing, being like the good husband, the good father, the good worker, but they have no relationship with themselves. So where are we in fear? where you're putting other people, they must, and that's a key word, must come first. If you're choosing it out of love and devotion, great. But if it's an obligation and something you feel like you have to do that you don't maybe in your heart want to do, that's a different story. There are bills to pay. This isn't about paying bills being good or bad. It's about where is there fear around it. There are desires to check and keep in order. Look at the whole section on desire and sex and money. I don't want anyone to know I've got these desires. When Jeshua was saying is the desire, allowing it, feeling it, but then you get to choose if you act on it. That's mastery of desire, but allowing it and feeling it is so important. 
There are activities and statements and behaviors done by others that require at least seven or eight hours a day to analyze and judge them to death. Turn on the news. How many talking heads? It's like every channel to fill this 24-hour news cycle needs someone with an opinion who's really loud, shouting, and very opinionated and convicted. That's what we fill our TV with. That's what we fill the internet with. More analysis, more judgment, more right and wrong just creates more of this energy of separation. The more attention we place on what we don't want, the more we get that thing. My, my this world is exhausting, but somebody has to do it. We just think we got to do it. And where it is exhausting when you're playing in that world of fear. And the last, Jeshua says, and you thought it was love that makes the world go round? Trust me, love does not spin and get nowhere. And that's what we've been doing. We're spinning and getting nowhere. We do so many things. Like I was talking to a client the other day and it's like fear can show up in two different ways more than that. But let's just keep it simple. If I feel like I'm, you know, spinning and get if I feel like I'm not enough, we were talking about feeling not good enough. I can create businesses and generate thousands of jobs and millions of dollars and try and get all these things to feel good enough. And people may love me, but deep inside, I don't feel good enough. And I'm always trying to get the next thing to prove it's got to be bigger. I still don't feel good enough after making my first million. Maybe my 10 million, maybe this thing that's on the cover of Time magazine, maybe this thing, then I'll finally feel good enough. That's just one way of expressing not good enough. But it's very acceptable by the world. Because we're achieving, it seems like we're productive, we're valuable in our productivity. And then over here, just the other side of the continuum is I'm not good enough, so I'm going to really play the role of victim. Look what I can't do. Look what the people and the systems are doing to me. I'm not good enough. See why never nothing works out for me. See, I don't have any money. Look, that's evidence that I'm not good enough. And then we just we're just trying to do, like kind of sink in and go down and not be good enough. They're both coming from the same place. It doesn't even matter which which way it's expressed because it's all the not good enough fear and the lie. But that's spinning and getting nowhere. Love doesn't do that, Jeshua says. And then our final paragraph. Love created you. Love birthed within you as an individual, at least within the dance of time and space. The power to choose. The power to feel. The power to channel light and love. The power to know that something exists within you. That is what love has done. Has fear ever created anything remotely like that? Hell to the no. So let's look at love created you. When, when we think I'm not worthy, well then how would you even know if you were? Love created you. That's the evidence of your worthiness. You, ex you exist. You exist. That's your evidence. Love created you. You didn't create yourself and your mother and your father. They didn't create you either. Biologically, they maybe did, but that's not what we are in truth. Love created you. This energy, this love created you. If you really owned that and knew that and meditated that and then lived from that place every day, your whole life would be different. If that was your only focus. 
Your whole life would be different. And love birthed within you. At least within the as an individual, at least within the dance of time and space, it seems like you're an individual, even though you're part of the one. Love birth within you, and here's key word: the power, the power to choose. You have the power to choose what you're going to focus on, what story in a way you're going to tell yourself. You have the power to shift your focus onto love, and faith, and peace. In any moment, and you have the power to focus on negativity and darkness and limitation and fear in any moment. It's your power. You have the power to choose. And no one and nothing can take that away from you. It makes me think of Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, in the Nazi concentration camps. The power to choose one's, my, one's own mindset or one's own attitude One's own way of seeing the world in any situation, even and especially something as horrific as the concentration camp. The power to choose one's own perspective, mindset, attitude, even when you're getting crucified, even when you're wrongly imprisoned for 28 years or whatever the years that Nelson Mandela was imprisoned, right? No one can take that power away from you. But when we're the victim, powerless, we give that away. We give it away, but we we blame it on someone else for taking it from us. That's what we try to do. It's a silly game we try to play. You have the power to feel. You have the power to feel. No one can make you feel anything. When someone's like, oh, they made me feel that way. No, they didn't. To the victim mind, it's their fault. But to the owner, I start to realize... Oh, I'm I'm creating this feeling inside of me based on this belief that I have. Feelings are effects of our thoughts, of the value that we have, the, the thoughts we place value on. If I have a thought of value of God is every in every single person, and I am safe, I am in love, I am eternal. My feeling if somebody does something to me is totally different. Just think about Jesus. He wasn't blaming anybody. He didn't say, oh, you made me feel this way. You have the power to feel. You have the power to channel light and love. That is a real thing. But there's so much like guilt and fear when something bad happens in the world. Now, yes, there is virtue signaling, whereas like something bad happens, people just post on social media just so other people can see them. Oh, you know, thoughts and prayers to the people there. I'm sure some people do that just to like, oh, I got to make sure that I, I address this on social media so other people see that, you know, I, that I'm, I'm, I don't want to not say that because then they'll think I'm uncaring and selfish. And if you're doing it from that place, you probably are. <laughs> but if you're genuinely sharing that, and who knows, if you want to do if you're genuinely called to post on social media, be like, hey, let's pray, sending thoughts and prayers of love to the people of Haiti during the earthquake, and that's genuine for you, you are the power of channeling light and love. If that's what you feel called to do and how you feel called to serve, amazing. 
But then we have other people that are judging that. Oh, that's not good enough. Thoughts and prayers. That's hollow. You got to put in your time or put in the You have to behave or think a certain way. That's the judgment. And those people are suffering because they're in judgment. If you're if you feel the desire birthed in your heart to donate money. Amazing. If you feel the desire in your heart to go to go somewhere and be of service and help with your time and your effort and your body. Amazing. But if you don't, great. That's cool, too. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing broken. There's nothing that needs to be fixed. And there's so much trying to there's so much fear that there were other people are trying to get people to feel guilty to do live a certain way or think a certain way that they think is the right thing. No, the power to channel light and love is a real thing. And you can do that with your thought. Send loving energy from your heart. Imagine it from your heart to the people that you want to send it to. Claim who they are in your own mind. I know you are God incarnate. I know you are a divine being having this human experience. I don't know why you're part of this human experience. I don't need to know why, but I can know who you are and I can bless you and I can send you love. And maybe I'm inspired to send money or inspired to do something different, take an action. I don't have to, though. Why would we put that limitation on ourselves? If you're inspired, great. If you're inspired just to send love and light, that's good too. It's perfect. It's all perfect. You have the power to know that something exists within and as you. That's what love has done. Amazing. What has fear ever done? What a beautiful paragraph. This is our longest episode yet. I promise I'm going to try and keep these short. It was not my intention to keep talking, although I can definitely get off on a tangent with the best of them. I love you guys. We're in this together a little bit at a time. If you need to break this episode up into two, two listening sessions, go for it. Um, have an amazing day. If you get value from this episode or you thought of someone, share it with them. If you thought of someone in something I said, share it with them. Although maybe not share it with your parents if they guilt you, if they try to guilt you into going to Christmas Eve mass and you don't want to go, hey, maybe even send it to them then. (laughs) All right. Love you guys. Have an awesome day. Uh, We'll see you next time.